What's up, game geeks and tech junkies? Welcome to A Gaming Moment, a weekly 30-minute podcast about everything gaming and streaming related, including the news, tech, and software behind it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us, as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all podcasting platforms. I'm Dagan07, and with me is Wild Twins Fan. Yeah, Dave, this week was a very sad week in the gaming and streaming industries. And also with all the communities, um, we, and I say we, as we're both streamers and gamers, lost a member of the streaming and WoW community. Yeah, guys, if you don't know by now, Wreckful, a prominent figure in the World of Warcraft community, tragically took his own life Thursday, July 2nd due to depression. I'd like to take a moment of silence here in respect for Wreckful, his family, his friends, and his community. Mental health and mental well-being are and have been ongoing topics in the gaming and streaming communities for a while. The toxicity inherent in the games we play, I believe, are the root cause of this. People are who they really are when they're hiding behind a screen or keyboard. What you see when they're around people is their facade, because they act the way they believe society wants them to act. And let's face it, today in this world that's overrun with social media, memes, all of your business being exposed or you're choosing to expose all of your business has left people feeling more insecure, jealous, and filled with a lot of negative feelings. These are the attributes to look out for and the early signs of poor mental health. We as humans, not gamers, not streamers, but humans, need to understand and see these signs because oftentimes these people will not seek help. We have to be cognizant of those we love and those we care about. And those we love don't have to be family or friends. If you watch a streamer or a gamer and see the signs and reach out to that person, find a way to talk to them, chat, social, email, something. Just intervene to be a light, a ray of positivity in their life and let them know that their life is precious. They have people who love them unconditionally. If you yourself are experiencing depression and self-doubt, please reach out to someone. Here's the number to the Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Reach out to us. We're here and have a community behind us that will welcome you in free of judgment, and we can help you find the resources to remove that cloud of darkness looming over your head. I'm going to leave off on this subject with be a light, be a vessel that saves a life, so that they can continue creating more gaming moments. Thanks, Dave. That's a great piece. Hey, uh, what did you see uh, in the news and uh, tech this week? Well, there was a new Battle Royale that Ubi, uh, Ubisoft, I was going to say Ubisoft, but Ubisoft launched called Hyperscape. It's in tech test as of July 2nd. I'm working on getting access to stream it. Um, basically, you have to find the streamers that are streaming it and make sure they have their drops enabled so that you have the ability to receive the drop as you're watching their stream. Valorant did the same thing when they did their launch, and I foresee many more developers doing this in the very near future to draw and gain more hype around these launches. Yeah, I was actually, uh, I jumped on day, and I was actually able to get a uh, key myself, so I'm Uh checking it out later this week. I know you can be jealous, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Hopefully uh, you keep watching, get yourself a key too, and we can get in there and... uh, Frag some noobs. 
Yeah, if you guys want to see it, be sure to check out Wild Twins Fan, twitch.tv slash Wild Twins Fan when he's streaming it. Uh, make sure you give him a follow, and uh, if you have that ability, give him a sub. Even if you have a Twitch Prime sub, he'll greatly appreciate that as well. Discord announced this past Thursday that they're rebranding to change the outside perception that Discord is only for gamers. Discord is one of many free open chat platforms, but this one was considered for gamers, and it's still the one that gamers use most prominently. This was the platform people chose so they didn't have to buy or create a TeamSpeak server when trying to run WoW raids and dungeons. I remember those days. That's what birthed this infamous clip. But as technology has progressed, we were gifted with services like Discord and Slack. Slack is like Discord, but most people perceive Slack as a chat tool for only developers, like people perceive Discord as a tool for only gamers. As Discord stated in their blog, people are not only using Discord for gaming, they're using Discord as a way to create communities around different hobbies or even starting new professions. Full disclosure, this very podcast you're listening to, Wildy and I are using Discord. There are so many applications to use. There are webhooks and APIs that can be integrated as well as different types of bots to automatically post and moderate Discord servers. And this is a credit to the Discord team for keeping the platform so flexible. What about you, Wild? What have you heard this week? Well, Day, in an interesting turn, people are starting to wonder if BMW is the new EA. BMW is going forward with a plan to make many of their car options into software services enabled whenever you want them. The concerning part? They can be disabled too, possibly paving the way for paid subscriptions. BMW announced a series of digital updates to its cars, saying current model cars will be fully software upgradable over the air. The first update will hit BMW operating system 7 cars in July. The most interesting revelation turned many options into software services. BMW mentioned everything from advanced safety systems like adaptive crews and automatic high beams to other more discreet options like heated seats. Tesla is already famous for their similar paid software upgrade tactics. So what you're trying to say is, is they're taking EA's route to microtransactions. Yeah, that kind of appears to be the path that we could be on. Although not a total bomb drop, people predicted this to happen back in 2018 when BMW wanted to charge an $80 annual fee for the privilege of accessing Apple's otherwise totally free CarPlay service instead of a one-time $300 fee. BMW backpedaled and ended up caving to the mass amounts of consumer pressure, and now CarPlay is standard on all vehicles with navigation. Yeah, man, this is crazy. Uh, I mean, you've already, you're already paying for, you know, especially for a BMW, you're already paying such a high dollar amount for their vehicles. And they're wanting you. They they're wanting to charge you for the software that they're installing on these things, you know. And unfortunately, this is where I think the auto industry is going. Like you said, Tesla is already doing this. They're they're doing they're actually doing this with the full self driving portion, uh, the full self driving service. The older vehicles that have the full self driving are currently grandfathered in, but the newer vehicles coming out to the market are going to be a paid subscription within Tesla. I'm not sure, 100% sure if it's on a yearly basis or a monthly basis, but I know that the full self-driving capability is now going to be a subscription-based service either way. We'll see how this pans out in the future here too. So, An article on AndroidAuthority.com talking about a new U.S. bill who would require makers of encrypted devices to leave a back door. The Lawful Access to Encrypted Data Act could be a crushing blow to the privacy in the U.S. 
The bill would require manufacturers to leave a back door that the government could access when needed. There's plenty of opposition to the bill from security and privacy advocates. I know I'm opposing it because I work for a cybersecurity company. I work in the cybersecurity field, and this basically nullifies our job it, or it makes our job 10 times harder than what it already is. And now you're just giving people a way to steal your information and steal everything. Yep. yep. Um, there's a few issues that would be a problem with the end users. First, there's the argument of whether this is a violation to any rights to privacy. Second, there's an issue that once a backdoor is purposely left in for the use by law enforcement, that the same backdoor could be used and exploited by more malicious individuals, thus making the encryption all but useless. According to Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham said, terrorists and criminals routinely use this technology, whether the smartphones, apps, and other means to coordinate and communicate their daily activities. Graham went on to say this bill will ensure law enforcement can access encrypted material with a warrant based on probable cause and help put an end to the wild west of the Internet. A little fanatical, in my opinion. But there is a rebuttal from a Rihanna Pfefferkorn, Associate Director of Surveillance and Cybersecurity at the Center of Internet in Society at Stanford Law School, said that this bill is a full-front nuclear assault on encryption in the United States. That's just about as terrifying as it sounds. Even if you're not worried about the government gaining access to your private information because you're not doing anything legal, there are far worse people out there than the government that you need to worry about. One could only imagine the implications for U.S. tech companies. Would anyone else ever use a tech, U.S. tech product? Andy Wilson Thompson, a senior policy analyst at the New America's Open Technology Institute, says, This bill is just another attack on encryption, and trying to portray it as a balanced solution that could protect privacy is just an attempt to distract from its true intent. This bill would ensure companies that provide products and services used by millions and the U.S. state would have to offer weaker encryption technology, putting all their users at risk. That's some scary stuff when you sit back and think about how much stuff you have stored on the Internet and how much of it's private in nature. Yeah, Waldy, I'm 100% against having backdoors. Like I said, I work in cybersecurity, and that's just begging for a huge breach. And there's a massive liability on these manufacturers the, the people that get breached, they're not going to go to the government or the lawmakers when when they get breached because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. They're going to go to the companies that created the, the devices, and they're going to demand you know reparations for what happened to them. This is not a good look for lawmakers. This isn't a good look for U.S. tech. This is a, a huge, huge step backwards in my opinion. When we should be, when we're so used to focusing on our own data protection, uh, like they said, we store a lot of personal data on the internet. Just even pictures, our credit cards are stored on the internet. There's a lot of things that are hugely that are that are hugely important, especially like on mobile devices. Now that you have Apple Pay, you have Google Pay, Samsung Pay, all these different things. This is your financial world. Your bank is on your phone now. There's a there's a lot that you know these malicious people can do to really ruin your life if if this indeed passes, and we as Americans as 
techies, we need to stand up and be like, no, no, we can't go with this because this is just a huge, massive liability. And it's saying hack us. Yeah, pretty much. I'm 100% against it. And I don't think that some of our senators and politicians have any idea of the ramifications of putting through such laws like this, or nor do they care. You know, and and that that's just not what this country is built on, in my opinion. They really don't. And I, I get the I get the good intent behind it, but for every good there's an evil. And I think that evil out outweighs the good in this in this instance. For sure. In other news, apparently Mark Zuckerberg was listening to our episode last week and Dark Mode is coming to Facebook. I got my uh dark mode enabled now it's rolling out slowly to different people at different times but i have dark mode enabled now on my facebook account as of literally two days after the podcast dropped last week so thank you wildy yeah um apparently i wasn't uh, blessed with that option and i'm still waiting for the dark mode for me but it's supposed to be coming and rolling out but i thought it was pretty good that uh we called that out as a as an issue last week and it uh Bam, it drops this week, so pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's another key indicator that Facebook is going to start taking the next step potentially in the gaming world. They're really trying to connect with – so I think they're really trying to target the gamers. You know, They're targeting the, gen, the millennials. They're targeting the Gen Zers. I think this is a really good step forward. Let's hope that they heard us when we said that we want pseudonames for watching and interacting with live streamers yep and i and i think facebook's gonna put a i think they're gonna put a solid effort into doing it and doing it right so we'll see how it how it turns and uh if it uh innovates the market a little bit i'm really hoping so and hey guys if you haven't already be sure to follow us on twitter facebook and instagram so you can engage with us as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all podcasting platforms. So do it. Hey, well, now that you mentioned it, there's no better reason to hit us up on those platforms than the five questions of the week. This week is just kind of a random edition and a gamer edition. So uh, first question day, what game was the last game that you fully completed? Uh, that would be Modern Warfare, the newest one. So, nice. I'm a huge I'm a huge Modern Warfare fan. I've been playing I've basically been playing Call of Duty since Call of Duty One, but I've just been enamored with the Captain Price, Soap McTarvish, Ghost, all of those characters that they brought when uh, the original Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare came out. That story mode was probably one of the best story modes that call of duty has ever came out with and modern warfare 2 was just as good and modern warfare 3 was pretty decent and then you know spoiler alert in case you guys didn't know this modern warfare is the prequel to call of duty 4 modern warfare so it's your intro it's where captain price started and it's just a really really good storyline i I wish they would make a movie out of this. I think it's I think it's really compelling and I think the the characters are really good and they're all very very memorable. Yes. What about you, Wildy? Well, for me, um I actually think the last game was uh Black Ops 2 that I actually went out and ran the whole campaign and finished it. I think right now I've really been into a multiplayer mood and I just kind of want to jump in, get in the action and 
I don't want the story. I just want to jump in and play with my buddies and, and play a game. And, you know, the game itself is different enough. Um, I do appreciate the stories and the cinematic quality of uh, of the games. And especially COD's always done a really good job of that. But usually, uh, unless my internet's down, I don't want anything to do with the, the campaign mode. So that's usually kind of uh, where I fall in that uh, that aspect. So yeah, Black Ops 2 was pretty good. Uh, most people, they get the games nowadays. I mean, let's just face it, they get the games to play the multiplayer because you know that's where the game changes every single time you play it. It's not the same game over and over. I'm a huge Avenged Sevenfold fan, so I can I can deeply respect that Black the ending of Black Ops 2 uh, as they came out and they played on that stage. I thought it was really good. Um, one of the best albums, one of the best game albums I've ever owned was the Black Ops 2 one yeah that was a, so that was an epic like just a moment i didn't know that was there i didn't expect it coming and to to hear a really good rock band come through and uh you know drop some of that stuff that that was great and cod's cod's done the fanboy stuff before you know the snoop dog and iced tea for voiceovers in some of the games yeah and i always thought that was great yeah the avenge sevenfold actually came in from zombies because zombie the zombie theme song for that that game was avenge sevenfold and uh, i still listen to that song to this day yep with those games being said wally what is the best weapon that you've ever used in a game well again i got a soft spot black ops 2 is probably my favorite game of all time favorite cod of all time although there's a couple that hang up there uh, Modern Warfare, I think, is actually a really good balanced game now, but it doesn't have that Black Ops 2 luster to it quite yet. But in Black Ops 2, you had the Pacekeeper, which was an amazing gun, and, and even more cheese was to put the millimeter scanner on it. And uh, when I play Hardcore Search and Destroy, you get one life, and uh, you want every advantage. You want your headset on. You want You want to be paying attention. You want the fast monitor. You want every advantage you can get. And the millimeter scanner was cheese, and you could see people through the wall, and you could wall bang people through the wall, and it was great. It was it was the best thing you could have. I mean, there was counters to it that you could not be seen by it, but the gun was good, the scope was good, and and I loved it. A little noobish, but you know, I'll let you pass with that. How about you, Dave? What was your favorite gun? Mine, uh, and you, your your soft spot is Black Ops 2. My soft spot was Modern Warfare 2. That's the game that I actually became really, really good at with a really good buddy of mine. And the gun that I that I always used was the MK14. Most, pe- most people would say the ump in that game. The ump was pretty powerful, but it was the MK14 for me that really went really, really well. It was kind of like a semi-automatic rifle, but... It, with the stopping power of a sniper rifle man i know i remember on one map uh, i can't remember the name of the map but i think it was called overpass actually and i would just sit in a in a spot and watch a narrow corridor that people would always run into and get one shot kills because i played hardcore get those one shot kills and just be reaming people all day until I got I finally got naded because somebody figured out that you could throw the nade over the over the bridge and reach where I was reach where I was getting. Yep. If you killed me, I'd have found you. <laughs> okay, so uh, question number three, Day. What movie will you never get tired of watching? Oh man, that's an easy one. This movie I've been watching since I was literally seven or eight years old, and it's Twister with Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. 
full disclosure, when I retire, I want to be a storm chaser. So this really piqued my interest. And uh, yeah, Twister is the the movie that I can watch over and over again. I literally just watched it last week. How about you, Wildy? What's what's the movie that you like? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a classic, and uh, I don't think it's gonna surprise some people. Probably on some people's list, but uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, most everything from Monty Python's pretty funny. You know, the British humor sometimes you have to warm up to or whatever. But like Monty Python wasn't that funny the first time I watched it. But every time you watch it, it's just you can't wait for those scenes to drop and you know the the night you know and he cuts off his legs and his arms and he's like, "Come on over here, I'll bite you," you know. And it's like just some classic scenes and. I, I never get tired of it. It's 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 just great stuff, even though it's already it's already old. That's my wife's favorite movie, and I think it was for a low budget film. It is one of the greatest low budget films that's ever been created. They couldn't even have enough money to have horses in the film, so what they ended up doing was having a couple guys. This is no real spoiler, but having a couple guys just going do 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 with coconuts, and that was the that was the way. And they all pretended to ride horses, kind of like if if they were riding one of those horses on a stick. One of the greatest British British humor comedy movies ever created. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. Uh, it is on Netflix right now. Get on Netflix and watch it today. Yeah, it's awesome. So, Wally, what was the last movie you watched based off of a game? That's question number four. Uh, you know, so I, I do have to admit, I'm not a huge movie fan. So if you uh, you guys have to twist my arm, if you think there's something really worth watching, um, you know, I'm just I'm just not usually out there watching them. But I did have to say, and I did want to go to, and I couldn't wait for it, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And I've always kind of been a Pokemon fan. Back in the day, I used to just flip the TV on when I got home, and and it just happened to be on the channel that I watched a lot, and uh, I would just leave it on, and I just kind of liked it. It's kind of cheese, but you know, um, I was actually looking forward to this movie and kind of the live actor and Ryan Reynolds, and and uh, I think it was pretty well done and a pretty good movie, and uh, the whole family actually enjoyed it. So that was a good one for us. How about you? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is one of my favorite actors, and I actually watched the movie too. It was really, really good. I just like Ryan Reynolds' sarcasm and the way he handles things. And uh, Not a spoiler. You need to watch the movie. Huge twist at the end. I was not expecting. It was really good, but the last movie that I saw based off of a game was the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie with Jim Carrey. They actually had to go back and reanimate sonic because there was such an outcry of how horrible the original sonic was and they did a really good job uh after everybody kind of complained and was pissed off about it they did a really good job and created a really good sonic and i think they picked a really good voice for that sonic so if you haven't seen it yeah guys go check it out all right sounds good so then uh the last question of the week number five What's your next investment going to be day in your gaming and streaming setup? Ideally, it would be a new gaming PC. This one is just not powerful enough to handle the gaming and streaming. So I want to get a dedicated gaming PC and migrate this one to strictly streaming. But that's kind of a stretch for me right now. The lower hanging fruit is uh, some new headphones since my rabbit just chewed through the ones that I like. And the ones that I have right now are a little uncomfortable, but they do the job for now. What about you, Wildy? The high bar 
go step up and maybe go with a mirrorless cannon, something that looks really nice. And uh, I think when I want to do that, right now I run the, the green screen. And I like the green screen because you can see a lot of the actual game. But I think, you know, with Twitch being kind of a social platform, a little more so than even just a gaming platform, um, I like to just bring the viewer into the room a little bit. But to be honest, my room's not too cool at the moment. So I'd like to just, you know, maybe get my guitars up on the wall and maybe I'll throw up a couple cool uh, video game posters and stuff like that and just make it look kind of cool. Um, so I, I'll probably just start picking up a little bits and pieces here and there to to kind of get that completed. So nothing too major and maybe a camera when the when the time's right. Yeah, the one camera I can recommend is the Canon M50. I just picked up one of those. I still need to get my dummy battery, but I have tested it on a stream and it looks really good. The The next couple things I'm going to get for my camera is the 50 millimeter lens for it, as well as the dummy battery. And then I might use it more uh, when I actually have my own office since I sit, my, my back is pretty much to a wall. So I have my green screen up, but I might try to fix my area up over here and put it at just the right angle so that there's a little bit more personality. And uh, like you said, make it a little bit it's more, twitch is now more of a social platform so just be able to show a little bit like i said a little bit more of my personality and really have something that's nice and that kind of stands out yep so guys get out there and uh, hit those tweets up and uh let us know what you think on these five topics yeah absolutely all right guys that's it for this episode remember to look out for each other be a light and again the suicide hotline number is 1-800-273-8255 Thank you guys for listening in and supporting us. Be sure to check every Tuesday for new episodes. Until next time, keep grinding.